Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Masters of Self University podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And I'm your host, Donnie Molly. And today we are joined by MSU Mystical Life Coach, Laura Hawking. Hey, Laura. Welcome, Hi, welcome. Uh, Trailer, you know, you um, have a really, really, really uh, fascinating journey with weight loss. And I know that Danny pitched to you to talk about this topic because we've seen your journey through Graham. All right. And we've seen you really like real dedication, girl. Let me tell you, because it is not easy to stay on the, the weight loss journey. And so uh, we'd love for you to just really go into what inspired your weight loss journey and where were you at that you decided to really take hold of that, that part of your path. Yeah, this is beautiful. So <clears throat> I had in 2020, January, fallen down the stairs and had a pretty severe back injury. And, it, and it's part of this conversation because... Um, the patterns that I run, that I was running of powerlessness and um, unworthiness led me to not getting proper care and treatment. And so that in turn led to a lot of weight gain that I experienced through the pandemic. And I always joke, hey, a lot of us had the, um, the COVID-19 as in 19 pounds, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, know, you know, like the college 10, um, you know, and so, so that injury and the pandemic and a lot of the suffering and trauma that was really ignited in those two situations for me was a large part of the game. I was also cohabitating with family members. And, um, and so looking back on it now, I recognize how um, that was an enormous aspect on this weight gain. However, I've had problems with weight all my life. Um, I've definitely been somebody who yo-yo dieted um, in her 30s and 40s, somebody that was dedicated to going to the gym five, six, seven days a week um, because I needed to work hard at feeling like I, you know, fit in, <laughs> right? What the expectations were um, that I was conditioned to believe um, and what I, I thought other people expected of me. And so it's a, it's been a really long journey for me. And um, when I started the coaching program at MSU to become a life coach, you know, uh, for the first three months, we actually go through um, the coaching program as if we were a client ourselves. Um, that was a real catalyst for me to once and for all say, okay, you know, what, why has this been a constant situation for me in my life? What are the patterns um, and the, the belief systems that I hold um, that are creating the behaviors, right? That cause the weight mm -hmm. gain in my life. And so um, when I first started my coaching journey with MSU, I actually gained a little bit more weight and <laughs> we'll get into why, um, you know, but it was, it was there that I realized, oh, you know, sometimes things have to get really hard. They have to get really bad before we're willing to shift. 
And I think that's also part of this conversation today. And so there was a moment in time there where I thought, you know what, if I'm not taking care of me in every single aspect possible, how am I honoring the healing that I'm committing to um, with this beautiful program at MSU? And so um, that's kind of how it started. Amazing. And <laughs> um, where are you at now? Yeah, um, I'm doing great. I'm coasting along. Um, I definitely had some help in the weight loss field. And so um, I was told, hey, you should find a five pound range that you're willing to shift around in. And so I'm in it and I have been in it for several months. Um, and that feels fantastic. And I can honestly tell you, um, you know, taking such good care of myself physically like this and making that decision is, has been a journey in self-love. It's uh, been this ample opportunity to heal myself, not just in my body, but in my, you know, mental space and my emotional space. Um, and it's, it's been part of my empowerment journey, if you will. And so mm -hmm. that means that I feel freaking fantastic, you know, physically, my knees don't hurt. My feet don't hurt. Um, my back actually wasn't able to heal completely because the weight was preventing the completion of the healing. Wow. So as I really got down to like the last 20, 25 pounds to lose, my back started feeling better. And so, wow. um, so it's just, there's been so many incredible lessons through this process um, of losing the weight, if you will, and choosing me, you know, that's one of my things where I just really needed to learn that lesson. Um, I feel great. I can be active, you know, with my grandkids and, uh, you know, walk the dog as far as I want to go, as opposed to the doctor had me limited to, you know, one block back then, you know, and now I could, you know, just take it to one end of town and back again. So I'm feeling good. And you mentioned like in the past, you did these like yo-yo dieting, you know, you would go from one thing to another, you know, what was the real change from where you were at then and where you were at now? Because you already mentioned, you know, behavior, the behavior that we overeat or whatever it is that we're doing, it's the symptom. And that's how we look at it at MSU. We look at behavior as a symptom. We're not doing behavior, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy where we're trying to change your behavior with the behavior. We're looking at like, what's the root cause of this behavior? Why am I doing this thing? And if we can find that, then we can understand what it is that's driving, you know, my thoughts, feelings, and actions. So with that being said, like, where were you at when you were doing these yo-yo diets or you mm -hmm. were going from one thing to another versus now? Yeah, I um, alluded just a little bit to it earlier with to say that um, I was trying to show up the way I thought I was supposed to. Isn't that interesting? Um, you know, what society might have told me I should look like, <laughs> um, you know, or and, and the beliefs that I had around that. And and they were coupled with um, the patterns that I run, you know, um, the, the wounds that I carried that were unhealed. And so I had the, you know, the stigma, if you will, that I thought I needed to aspire to, as well as the wounds that kept me from actually attaining, um, true health in every area of my life, not just my weight. And so those two things were battling with each other all the time. 
And, um, you know, and so uh, give you an example, uh, I can remember <laughs> the South Beach diet was really big when I was in my 30s. And, um, you know, it was a big craze. And so I thought, okay, let me let me get on this bandwagon. It was a you know, personally not a great diet for me. Um, and, and to, to look back and look at how I forced myself into this diet program that was making me physically ill every day. And after 16 days on it, I ended up in the doctor's office. <laughs> That's how oh, bad man. it was for me, but I was pushing and forcing myself into this because of, you know, the, the wounds that I had, um, <clears throat> and, and, uh, you know, this, the stigma that I thought I needed to make. And when my, you know, if you, if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, my unworthiness wound is definitely the biggest root that I have. I have thousands of stories, um, you know, an opportunity for trigger, if you will, um, based on that unworthiness. And so, um, my weight was really important for me to feel like I was going to be worth dating, you know, uh, you know, worth hanging out with the girls. Like it was crazy how tied up into my worth that was. And so there's self-loathing that goes on there. You, you know, I would get to the point where I would loathe myself so much that I finally would get fired up to try a diet you know, like I expressed. Yeah. And a lot of times they weren't healthy for me. And then that perpetuated it. So then you yo-yo back the other direction because you were, un I made myself sick a lot. Um, and so I, you know, I would get sick and then I would overeat to protect myself. And, and then I would just go back and forth. It was just an ugly thing. <laughs> and I do this back and forth all uh, still, still happens with multiple ways in my life, but especially with physical health. But because of this work, what I found is there's an energy within me that's driving the behavior. And if I try and force myself to, let's say, eat clean, mm -hmm. and then I do it for however many days, a couple of weeks, a week, a month, and then eventually I'll fall off. And when I'll fall off, I'll start shitting on myself i'll start judging myself or start, i'll feel shame normally yeah. and then guilt but what that allows is because of this work is the shame and guilt to show up and now i know what to do with that shame and guilt when it shows up and now i can transform that and what i found in my experiences when these this cycle repeats it, it repeats and then i'm able to go into the energy that's driving the behavior and once I arrived at a place of not shaming myself for doing that, it didn't cause me like my, my uh, behavior with food changed because the energy that was underlying it changed. So going front on that yo-yo or I always see it as like round in a circle. Yeah. If, if you don't have the skill to go within and transform the energy the emotions that are showing up and find out where that stems from, you end up just continuing that spiral or the yo-yo. Yeah. But if you learn the work that we teach, instead of it being a downward spiral, it's an upward spiral and it, or it's going down to the root. So you're each time you go around the roundabout, you're getting closer and closer to the core wound. Um, and so I would mess up 
quote unquote, make a mistake, <laughs> even though nothing is right. This is why nothing is right or wrong, because I would do something that was wrong, but then it would lead me to heal. And if I keep doing that over and over again, eventually that shame and guilt, now I know how to transform it, will dissolve. And then I can come to a place of wholeness, love for myself. And now when I, I notice I go to like have something that my body probably won't like, the energy that I go towards it is not this place of like, oh, I've got to eat it all. Like, oh, da, 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 you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, you can have a little, just have a little and enjoy it, but don't overdo it. Yeah. And don't fall down into that same spiral. Enjoy it and then back to yourself and keep moving through life. And yeah. if you've experienced that same like spiral with the, with this work. Absolutely. You know, um, a couple of examples I can think of specifically is like sugar for me. Um, if I'm reaching for sugar and I feel into the energy of that, it's me um, telling myself that I deserve something. Isn't that interesting? So sugar is that reward for me. And to, you know, just to recognize like that's a cycle that um, that I run is um, like, wow, you just worked your ass off for that. And um, man, that was really hard. And you just like mustered through it. And, you know, you deserve, you know, a chocolate truffle because that would be my favorite thing. So for me, it was always um, sugar was about deserving and reward. So crazy. And, um, and then like carbohydrates, if I'm really craving a carbohydrate, I try to go like, wow, <laughs> let's check in with your mental patterns. You know, what story is going on right now that you need comfort food for? Because for me, carbohydrates are comfort food. They're heavy, they're grounding, they're weighting me down. Um, they're giving me a sense of fulfillment. Isn't that crazy? And so, like you said, like the energy of food can really mean something, um, you know, what we're doing. It means something to each of us. And to recognize you know, once we do enough healing and once we understand subtle energies enough, we can start to really go like, oh, my gosh, that's what carbs are for me. And I can see patterns in behaviors like um, not behaviors, but uh, situations where I'm out in public or I'm with people. And if something happens, immediately I can sense that, oh, I want to go for the sugar or oh, I want to go for the carbs or, oh, I want to go for alcohol. And so let me just use that as an example because alcohol, you know, um, metabolizes in the body as a sugar. And so it immediately gets stored as fat, <laughs> right? And so for me, alcohol has the energy around it of avoidance. You know, and so I just recognize these subtle energies about those those go to behaviors that were contributing to my weight gain. Um, you know, when I was heavy, it was when I needed protection. Right. That was a habit that I would go I would have for myself. Um, I was protecting myself from me or protecting myself from someone else. So yeah. interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep it very real. And, uh, I really am still in, in that battle with food. I've never, I've always been allergic to alcohol, so I could never use alcohol to, um, abuse myself, <laughs> but, um, I was modeled a lot of body image issues very young. 
by a parent of mine who had a lot of tremendous issues with her body. And in Korean culture, fat is not good. Um, you want to be as skinny as possible. And I was always a very chubby kid. And my whole life, I've always just heard people commenting on my weight, like, oh, you gained weight. Oh, you're you look so chubby. Or I have this one story where I was with a group of five girls, and I was one of the chubby girls. So they told me to sit in the trunk, because I didn't fit in like first and second row. And so food for me has been an escape. It's a way that I deal with everything. It's a way that I deal with all of my pain, all of my anxiety. And um, I also have like really major gut issues and digestive issues all of my life too, because I'm sure like that's where I store all of my trauma. And so like, I also have a really hard time going to the bathroom. Like I don't poop. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not funny. It's really not funny because I've been through a lot of hardship because of it. And actually, I'm in a, a juicing phase right now because I got off my antidepressants um, back in January. And ever since I got off those things, like my stomach has just been hurting like it's never hurt before. But that it's also like, you know, now revealing all of this pain that I have been numb mm. to for so long. So I found that every single time I felt something uncomfortable, I was just going to the kitchen and eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. Till it got to the point where I was like, okay, Ellie, you need to slow your roll because you're avoiding something really huge. And this part of me that does not want to look at it because that means my number one coping mechanism, that means the one thing that actually gives me pleasure and distracts me is going to be taken away from me. And I don't want it to be taken away from me. I, I really feel like a little child who like you're taking her favorite toy away. And she's crying and she's throwing a tantrum because she does not want this one. Because if you take this one thing away, then I'll have nothing actually um really mask what's actually coming up and so it's an ongoing thing for me right now for sure um becoming more aware and even me talking about it is actually giving is me facing it because i've not wanted to talk about this for a very long time because if i talk about it that means i have to look at it um so it's it's i'm still in the journey and so Props to you, Traylor, because truly, like, I just want really just to heal all of the wounds behind why I reach for food constantly. Like, I want it to be something that nourishes me, not something that just completely takes me away from my pain, which it does. And it feels great. And it's pleasurable. And I love when that sweet thing hits my tongue and my taste buds and that salty potato is in my mouth. Like, it gives me a high and it gives me a kick. But then when it's over... I'm left with all that pain and all that guilt and all that shame. And that's just right on top of everything else that's actually going on and actually coming up. Mm, and it's that guilt and shame that comes up. It's probably driving you to, you know, behave in that way. That's how I've understood it in my experience. It's like that, that guilt and the shame that's so, there's so much of it that's so stored in that very thing. And that's why it comes out after you eat um, and, and feel that way. But from a, a bioenergetic view, uh, from a scientific view, the when the body is stressed, it will um, uses more energy. So when we get stressed out for whatever reason, doesn't we're not going to talk about that just yet. We actually use more energy. So because of that, 
that sends a signal to our body saying, hey, we're hungry, we need more energy. So the stress is a direct, like it, so it increases the amount of energy that your body uses and therefore increases the amount of energy that your body demands. What that stress comes from can be external, like work. Like that's why when you're doing something, you know, like a big project, you really crave that high calorie food. But a lot of the time, the stress is coming from your emotional state, your internal state. And that's what we're talking about here is, is managing that internal state. And obviously, if you're managing your internal state well, well, then the external environment doesn't affect you, won't stress you out as much because you are at peace from within. So even on a, a scientific level, this is what we're talking about. Those cravings that you have trillo for carbohydrates, that is your body responding to the fact that you have an increase in stress in your body and therefore you need more energy to co uh, compensate for the internal energy that's being burned. Why is the internal energy being? Because the trap emotional trauma, because some part of you is vibrating and burning at a very, um, using up a lot of your internal energy and we're, we're using so much energy to like make sure our ego's okay and we're wearing this mask and everything's fine and we're resisting actually feeling what's going on. There's so much internal energy that I found that I use to resist from feeling my emotions. And once I go in and actually feel them, wow, your body feels totally different. You can breathe differently. You can move differently. You feel different. And that's why things change in your physical body as you heal mentally and emotionally and spiritually, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and to say that I'm really glad that I got to cohabitate with my family, you know, a couple of years ago, um, because it was, it was a, a beautiful time, you know, during the pandemic to, to be together, if you will, and, and to support each other. However, it was this breeding ground for emotional instability for me. You know, there was a trigger moment at every corner and um, it really created the need to heal for me. And um, one of the side effects of not knowing exactly how to heal um, was the weight gain that I experienced during that time. And so um, I, what was it like a year and a half ago when I started the MSU program? Um, uh, you know, I, I wasn't in that same environment and um, was was still carrying a lot of it and had the opportunity to go in and really learn the mechanics of getting into, uh, you know, really understanding how, how it all create, how it was all created in my body. You know, um, the program really breaks things down for us. And, and so I could start to see the entry points that you're talking about that, you know, um, where I really needed to go in and heal and, it's what allowed the the weight shift in me. It was, I had to work at it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I mean, I needed to be diligent, but it became effortless when I stopped fighting against myself, when um, I was able to um, do the healing work that was in the, the negative self-talk, you know, that was in the patterns that I was running. And all of that was vital for me uh, to, really become powerful, 
You know, I needed to lighten the load of all of that through alchemizing it in order to start to have a different relationship with my own personal power. And that's why the weight loss has been so easy for me because, um, you know, I come at it from a place of powerful um, as opposed to, uh, you know, so much weakness that I've been walking mm -hmm. around with my whole life. And you know, it's extraordinary to talk about it you know, <laughs> in, the, in those, this context. But, um, you know, to recognize that, you know, in order to become powerful, I needed to learn how to love myself. And that meant that I needed to take care of myself. And it meant that I needed to heal um, the emotional trauma, the baggage that was keeping me down. And so it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. When we're able to shift into that place of power, instead of forcing ourselves, like, you know, we spoke of that we did in the past where it's like, oh, I have to stick to this diet and I'm, I'm using this m toxic masculine energy to just be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And this is the only way. And this like probably rig rigid parenting style that we got introduced to that's very destructive. Um, when we're able to step away from that, you mentioned the word effortlessly, like mm -hmm. that's exactly it. That's the power of loving yourself. That's the power of tapping into your, your own power, your own internal power and doing this work because it does allow you to arrive at that effortless place that the choices that you're making are coming from your soul. They're not coming out of this place of lack or scarcity or powerlessness. For me, the way this showed up, this this whole conversation, it, it's not in weight loss in my life. It's actually the opposite. It's in weight gain. And, you know, we've already spoke about like get body dysmorphia. This is something that a friend of mine told me, you've got body dysmorphia in 2018. And I didn't believe him. I was like, no. Obviously, my ego was like, no way. And, I realized only recently within the last couple of months that I, I have had that and I would look in the mirror and I would see just like skin and bones. And it, I could tell now that it was a reflection of my own smallness that I felt inside my own weakness. Mm -hmm. And I was in this constant uh, state of trying to gain weight, trying to look bigger because inside I just felt small, felt weak, powerless. Um, it didn't matter how hard I tried all the weight gain, all the eating, my metabolism so high, I would never gain the weight. And if I would gain some size or muscle, I would use so much energy trying to maintain it, trying to just look a certain way. And it was never enough. I would look in the mirror and some angles I'd be like, Oh wow, you little And then 10 minutes later, I would hear a voice kind of saying, you need to work harder you, you, and start shitting on myself. And, and that was like 2018 when this friend told me this and I was like, no, 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 that's not me. No, no. And, uh, this is something that I've struggled with. And the reason why I know that now is because when I look in the mirror, now I'm seeing the same body, but through a completely new lens. I look at my body and I'm like, wow, look at this muscle here. Look how beautiful that, that's mm -hmm. nice. Look at that. That's beautiful. And then as I'm having these moments, I think it was just yesterday, as I was triggered into a program, we have a, a stand-up mirror, Ellie and I in our living room. I walked by and I saw my reflection 
and it went back to how I used to see my body in this weak, skinny, judgmental, um, pathetic way. And I, it was that realize of like, oh, like this has been with me my entire life and I've been viewing myself and that means every other person through this lens of showing their worth through how big they look or how skinny they are or you know, how strong they are and their physical strength represents their internal strength. And I realize now, you know, why I was so drawn to having a strong body is because, you know, inside I didn't feel that way. And as I change my internal environment, as I do this deep healing work, the reflection, the perception of what I'm seeing is completely transforming. And it's amazing to experience within myself and it's other my projection of what I see as beautiful in this world is changing, completely changing. And the there's nothing wrong if you want to chase after a big, strong physical body. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the work we always do is just tap into the energy and ask, why are you doing that? Why are you going after that goal? Is it coming from a place of lack of powerlessness, of some level of smaller weakness? Or is it because this is a passion of yours and you want to enjoy it and that's fine. I'm not, not knocking that in any way. But we're always asking, oh, why am I doing this? What energy am I coming from? And if we are coming from true love and true power, would I still be doing this in the same way? <laughs> you know, Trailer, I'd love for you to go into this more after I talk about it, but um, so much of uh, my body image issues and my eating and all of this stuff has to do with just not feeling good enough. I think um, society conditioning, also for me, my Korean culture, and also I spent, you know, I'm still in the entertainment industry where it's like your focus is basically your looks and your body. And so I have never been happy with the way that I look, ever. I, ha I have a lot of shame. Um, that I still carry inside me of being like a little girl and feeling like being Asian was disgusting. And then on top of because I wasn't skinny enough and and I and I wasn't voluptuous and I didn't have this big butt or I didn't have the thin whatever your six pack and all of these things. I learned over time and also being modeled by a parent to just talk so low to myself. Like I hear my my mental programs when it comes to my body is you're disgusting, you're gross you're fat, like, and that's why if you look at my wardrobe, a lot of my clothes are like, like two times bigger than like, the, nothing's ever actually fitted. Like when mm -hmm. I buy shirts, they're like an XL or they're like a large or they're like a two XL. And like, I make this excuse. I'm like, no, I love the style because I can like roll it up when in reality, no, Elliot, because you're so ashamed of your body. And you think that you're so gross that like, you don't ever want to show what's underneath anything. And so I wear all of these baggy clothes and I make up all these excuses when in reality, like the energy behind it is just this really little girl that thinks that her worth comes from the way that she looks. And it's something that I still deal with um, 100,000%. And it's something that I'm starting to definitely go into and like look into and like, man, like as soon as I opened Pandora box, I was like, oh my God, there's so much here. And it, it makes me so emotional because there's so much wounding tied to this and there's so much trauma tied to this. And also watching my mom 
um, in the way that she treated her body and the way that she looked at herself um, is I absorbed all of that as well. And so for those people at home who are still on this journey and who are just awakening to all this, like, I feel you, I see you, I know how difficult it really is. But the first step is just to become aware of how we abuse ourselves, of how we run away from ourselves and how we speak to ourselves. Like, I know that I carry a lot of energetic weight that's got nothing to do with necessarily like, because I eat too much. Like, if you really see the way that I eat, I don't eat bad, you know, but I know that it's so much of like, the way that I speak to myself, the way that I think about myself, you know, all of that is definitely something I carry. And so I totally feel you on it's completely tied to a core wound of mine also, which is unworthiness. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too, you know, because, uh, you know, in our families, there's different relationships with food. I can remember dating um, somebody who uh, had to have a lot of food in the cupboards because when he was a kid, they were hungry, you know, so, you know, so there's all kinds of reasons why um, people have things like that going on. I can remember um, one of my grandmothers who was um, the lady who had a pink uh, Cadillac from Mary Kay, you know, so somebody who was uh, really into makeup and really into her looks and things like that. And um, I would show up at, at their house on a holiday at 12 years old. And I'd hear, you know, to my brother, Oh, you're so handsome. And then she'd say to me, did you gain weight? <laughs> you know, you know, so there's those little things that just happen from, you know, the unconsciousness of our families around us that really take its toll, you know? And so, um, you know, if my brother was the favorite, then I was like, going to try and be like him. So I'm going to be strong, you know? And so I, I personally took on a lot of masculine behavior patterns. Um, I would work out three hours a day, you guys, <laughs> you know, I mean, some severe body dysmorphia dysfunction for me in high school. I had, you know, even doctors saying, you know, you shouldn't weigh 165 pounds, Trelor. You should weigh 125 pounds. That's a big difference. And I'll tell you what, I'm 180, you guys, you know, and I am really, really healthy right now. And and so 165 as a 14-year-old was really healthy for me. That girl swam for an hour every day and worked out in the gym for an hour and ran for an hour. <laughs> You know, so there's conditioning that happens to us that can really, um, really wound us in a lot of ways and create a lot of that negative self-talk. You know, you'll get it from all directions, uh, you know, in your family, from, you know, from the physician at school, society, all that. And all of it was that I, you know, I just didn't know. Um, my job here in this lifetime was to learn self-love, right? <laughs> and um, I thought that that was loving myself. It was a, com you know, a completely misunderstood thing. Um, yeah. From, yeah, it was. It was totally misunderstood. And I thought, you know, um, showing up in, in that way was what was going to get me loved, interestingly enough. And so I really needed to get to the core of, you know, the pain that I carried around so that I could 
flip it over and see the truth for, for what it is, you know, and that's that we're all perfect, you know, exactly the way we are in this moment on a healing journey as human beings, you know, divine souls having a beautiful experience here. And, um, you know, my purpose here is to feel and learn and grow and level up and um, remember my divinity and how powerful I am. And, and, you know, it, it was a long journey to get there, you know, and mm. my weight was a big part of it. Yeah. We hear so much about like self-love and it's all like, yeah, you can know self-love from the mind. Yeah. You can conceptually know it and then you can know it from your heart. And they're two vastly different things. And we can, we can actually have this conversation about what we all think self-love is, right? But yeah. whoever's listening to this will never understand that until they've experienced it within themselves. You can listen to this podcast a million times over and you will still not know what self-love is until you've gone into your heart and experienced it yourself. And that's what we offer. That's what we teach. It's all about integration and having your own experience to understand these concepts because society will just dump all this crap on us. And we have this idea, you're saying like this idea that we create in our minds of like what we think we should be doing. Oh, I should be doing this to get love, to be worthy. And, and I want to look like as I'm supposed to versus actually knowing what love is going into your heart and then let that be the compass that steers your ship. And as we continue to alchemize, you know, when we actually learn how to do the real healing, uh, you know, the word effortless comes up again because this stuff just naturally starts to dismantle within us, um, you know, and, and that's how we change our relationship with power. It's how we change our relationship with self-love. It's how we learn self-love um, is to go in and do that healing work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely um, have a huge program of powerlessness. And every time I go reach for that potato chip or, you know, want to go make a coconut cupcake, <laughs> uh, I know that I'm doing my power because I don't want to feel what's actually coming up. And, you know, the moment that you choose yourself over that cupcake or that potato chip, that's, you know, that that's the work of uh, really feeling of, of what's coming and loving, you know, every time I overeat, I know there's just a little girl who's like crying off for me. I know. Mm -hmm. And every time I keep eating, I choose food over her. Like it's not love and it's not power at all. And so, um, yeah, the weight loss journey and, and, and just your relationship with food is, is, is a wild, wild, wild ride. But, um, yeah, I just, my hat to you trailer and to Danny, cause I've seen, you know, Danny, your, your revolution on, uh, your food journey and it's really inspiring. And, you know, I hope the next time that we talk about all this, I'll be like, yeah, let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell you what I healed. Okay. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had a sort of scarcity wound tied into mine because, um, when my, if I, took a, a minute for me to figure this out when my mom um left and then i was predominantly being raised by my father he mainly treated us like adults which were amazing in one hand because i got a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy but on the other hand it was difficult because i 
was young and I didn't know how to do anything. So I went a lot of time hungry. Mm. And there was a lot of like, whenever I would get hungry, I wouldn't like, I figured this out, I wouldn't like the feeling because it would bring me back to that period in my life where I was hungry a lot, which reminded me of the abandonment and the rejection. So there was all this like scarcity. I have all this resistance, which is basically what we're talking about, right? We're talking about resistance programs and powerlessness. I had all this resistance to being hungry because of where it would take me energetically. So I would start to get all like, um, when I get hungry, I would get, I would get hangry for sure. But I would also get like, kind of like panicky because I would, it would start to bring up this energy of the deep loss, that deep loss and abandonment and rejection that I experienced as a child. And I didn't want to feel that obviously, like, that's why these resistance and avoidance programs are there. Like we don't want to feel it because it sucks. Like it really sucks to go into your pain when you haven't found your power. So the, obviously the antidote, once I found my power, then when this stuff opens up, I'm like, oh, I can, I can be hungry. No problem. Uh, Cause I know whatever feelings it does bring up, I can handle, but I couldn't handle it spend my life like, I gotta eat, I gotta eat, I gotta eat. And I always wanted to eat full. And then that led me to more poor decisions. I would, I would eat anything so that I wasn't hungry. That I was like, oh, I don't want to feel hungry. So let me just eat. And then that would lead to all the problems. I love that story. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and I, oh, go ahead, Ellie. Go ahead, Trailer. Go I was just going to say, you know, when, when we find those little instances in ourselves through our healing journey, um, they allow us to understand the subtle energy behind the things. So when we go to the fridge or, you know, for me, you know, when I start to, to crave the carbohydrates, which, you know, are fantastic, you know, one of my favorite foods, you know, but, but it's where it's in the healing journey that we learn to understand those subtle energies. And so I can make a conscious choice then, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make, you know, I'm still going to go have a coconut cupcake once in a while, you know, but I I know where it's coming from. It's coming from, uh, that's a freaking delicious, yummy thing. And, um, and I want to consume that for no other reason than, than just the enjoyment of it. And that's this beautiful thing of giving thanks to food, right? Because then I'm coming to, you know, like I can actually honor the food. And what's crazy is that it it will metabolize much better in my body because I'm not eating down the emotion, but actually consuming, um, you know, the element of it. Yeah. I've done yeah. that so much, the eating down the emotion. I have this, yeah. Ellie laughs at me when I get like this, but I'll like, th- there's something that like takes over and I'm just like chips, 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 chocolate, 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 <laughs> call it chips and chocolate day. It's like chips. And, yeah. If no one's tried chips and chocolate, like potato chips and dark <laughs> chocolate at the same time, you got it right now. You got to go out Trader Joe's, buy some potato chips that are cooked in <laughs> olive oil and sea salt and get the dark chocolate and just go bite for bite but don't go into the emotional eating you know that's what i always do it don't i ellie yeah no it's a it's a beautiful point to make what is the energy of why you're reaching for the food and Mm -hmm. if it's because you're hungry amazing but if it's because you're trying to push down 
um, unworthiness, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, then yeah. that's a gift for you to go into. So yeah, yeah. beautiful. Uh, Trailer, thank you so much for being here with us. We love you so much. To everyone at home, if you want to work with Traylor, Danny, or me, or any of the other amazing mystical life coaches at Master of Self University to learn this work, visit us at masterofselfuniversity.com and set up a free consultation. Subscribe, like, share, comment, whatever you got to do, do it. And until um, next time, we will see you guys then. Bye. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, everybody.